Amen, amen, all God's children said. Amen. Aren't you glad we have a wonderful Savior? Open your Bibles, if you will, to Romans chapter 5. And uh, we're going to look at this passage of Scripture for all of the message this morning that Brother Young read for us a while ago, Romans 5, 17 to 21. My message this morning is not uh, inspirational, it's not uh, motivational. The message this morning is a doctrinal message, and I want you to listen. And that's not a warning uh, that uh, just uh, sometimes uh, uh, doctrinal truths, uh, uh, some folks think they're boring. Uh, the truth is uh, doctrine is inspirational to me. I enjoy studying it, and I pray I can present and preach the message in a way that will be an encouragement to us. I've uh, entitled the message this morning simply, Law and Grace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word. Lord, we have a wonderful, a marvelous, amazing Savior. Now, Lord, that has given to us that which we do not deserve, that being your gospel, your salvation by grace through faith. And I rejoice in it this morning. And I pause to pray, begging, in hunger, pleading, that the Holy Spirit of God would fill me and use me for the task at hand. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. What an amazing statement found at the end of verse number 20. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. There is no greater miracle in all of the world than the marvelous grace of Christ. Grace begins salvation and God's grace continues throughout the Christian life. God's grace makes it possible to either override or to work through adverse circumstances in our lives bringing victory. I'm glad for that good verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 where the Bible says, but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. When we face impossible situations in life, things that are much stronger, bigger, and greater than we are, problems, pain, frustration, people, we know that we can be and would be overtaken and defeated were it not for the help of God's good grace. Now, we can never understand the miracle or the greatness or the power of God's grace until we understand the power of sin and an understanding of the law as given in the Bible. In these verses, 17 through 21, he goes back and forth making a statement of law, sin, and death and a statement of God, grace, and life. Back and forth. He compares the two in these verses. Let's read them again. For if by one man's offense death reigned. Now that's talking about Adam. Adam sinned and brought sin to mankind. And every person born since that day is born a sinner. That's why every person born since that day has died or is dying. The Bible then says, Much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. 
I'm glad for the person of the Lord Jesus Christ that offers to us that wonderful grace. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, you see it's going back and forth between law and grace, death and life, condemnation and salvation. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, the Bible says that, the, that uh, in verse number 20, uh, when the law entered, the offense or sin abounded. Now, the law does not make us a sinner. It reveals to us that we are a sinner. Sin entered before the law was given. Adam knew that he had sinned. You understand sin by progression or as we grow in life. We can understand some right and wrong just by nature. In fact, Romans chapter 1, the Bible tells us that the world can be condemned because they should know there is a God just because of what nature reveals. Not only is right and wrong revealed to us by nature, it's revealed to us by conscience. As we grow older, we learn right and wrong. But then law comes, and when the law comes and states plainly what is right and what is wrong, there's an even greater knowledge of what sin is. And then when we come to the fact that there is an understanding in our hearts, some laws, uh, we may know what they are, but not fully understand them. And I'll say that again in just a few minutes with another illustration. But we, when we come to the understanding, uh, the amount of guilt and the understanding of offense uh, becomes greater as we know on a greater level what is right and what is wrong. You see, the law tells us things that are sin that would never be thought of as sin with just nature or with our conscience. And the light and the law was a light to shine on sin. With the light of nature, the light of conscience, uh, uh, there's some things uh, that should uh, that we should never uh, that we would have never believed to be sin had we not been taught by the law. We would have not have known about the Ten Commandments by conscience or uh, by nature, uh, but the law was given of things that we should or that we should not know. A man may, may know by nature that there is a God or a higher power, but he would not know the person of God or the laws of God without the word of God. The law increases the sinfulness of sin by removing the excuse of ignorance. 
There are times that folks will go to court that have broken the law. Uh, sometimes uh, ignorance or sometimes uh, a mental uh, uh, limitation will keep them uh, from suffering the full extent of the punishment of breaking uh, that law. And until men know the law, uh, their sin, or at least partly, is in ignorance. But when the Bible came, uh, when the rules of God came, their offense became greater. By the way, because somebody does not know the Bible does not excuse them from sin. We have the responsibility to know what God says. As I mentioned already in Romans 1, uh, he who sins against what nature teaches him uh, will be condemned. But the more light, the greater uh, the understanding and the greater the guilt increases because of our knowledge. He says in verse number 20, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Let, let, let me just stop here from my notes and say, we need to understand the magnitude and the awfulness each of us are guilty in this matter of sin. Quit dismissing your behavior because you're better than somebody you know. And look at what the law says. All of us are condemned by the law in our sin. That sin is even greater when we not only know what the Word of God says and has revealed to us, but when we realize in our hearts the reality of the law and transgression against it. Let, let me just bring it down where all of us know uh, that are of driving age. You've been driving on a road and you think the speed limit, oh, 55, 60, it may be 65, and you're cruising along at 72. And, and you hope that the speed limit is up there where you're driving. All of a sudden you see a sign. And the sign says 50. Oh my goodness, I thought it'd at least be 65. It ought to be 72 the way you're driving. But, uh, but all of a sudden you see the sign and it brings a recognition. That's what the Bible does. And that's what that verse means right there in verse number 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Uh, or uh, maybe something worse has happened to you. You not only saw the sign, but just past the sign, uh, there was a fellow sitting there giving out coupons. And uh, when the speed limit went from 75 to 35, he was 100 feet past that. And he got you at 71. You were slowing down, of course. We try to give our excuses. My mother-in-law was visiting. I was taking her home. Uh, you know, something like that. Something they would understand. The law entered that. The law entered that sin would abound. The law doesn't make sin more. It reveals to us how great sin is. You see, we'll never understand the good grace of God till we understand the magnitude, the awfulness, and the rottenness of sin. Just go ahead and dismiss this thought that we're pretty good people. We're not. We're sinners. And without Christ, there is no hope or no help for us. You, you, if there were no Christ, there's nobody here that might would barely make it into heaven. There's no such thing as barely making it into heaven. Either you're saved and you're a citizen of heaven or you're lost in your sin. A child in its innocence would not know what covetousness is. They know how to do it. 
because they will take something that another has that they want. Covetousness, the Bible said, thou shalt not covet. We're supposed to be thankful, be satisfied with what we have. Uh, You're not supposed to covet what your neighbor has, your neighbor's spouse. And the Bible states that. A child, they they may not understand what the sin of covetousness is. Isn't it something, and and we've watched our children and our grandchildren and others, as they they grow, they get to the place, of course, they, they hear no, and they hear no 10 million times. They hear no. And, uh, and, and they think as soon as they touch anything, it just makes mom say no, no matter what they touch. Uh, but they learn. And then they come to the place that they, they start to understand that they really are a sinner. And they get miserable. Have you seen that? Seen that? Some of you may have toddlers now, two or three or four years old. They're miserable. And, and, and you watch a child even to the place that where they come uh, that they realize Jesus died to pay for my sin. What's sad in this whole world of ours is we have adults that have never come to the understanding that they're sinners like a child in the misery of their sins at age four, five, and six realizing I'm not supposed to do that. I don't want to do that. But in my heart, my flesh, it still wants to do what I am not supposed to do and God said I cannot do. There is a story in Pilgrim's Progress. How many of you have read the story uh, about Bunyan, Pilgrim's Progress? There's a story there uh, where Christian is taken into a large parlor. And uh, this parlor of a house, it's full of dust because it's never been cleaned. And uh, in uh, that uh, part of the story, uh, someone is, come, uh, is called in uh, to sweep the floor. And when they begin to sweep the floor, the dust begins to go through the air. We've all been there. We've seen that. You've watched somebody sweep, and they just, you know, like they're trying to cause trouble. And they're not, they're not helping anything. They're just stirring up the dust. That's an illustration of what Paul is saying here. When the law entered, that the offense might abound. It's important that you and I read the Word of God to understand what sin is. It's important that we understand that sin is terrible. It was sin, uh, our sin, that put Christ on the cross of Calvary. It was our sin. It was our terrible. There's no such thing as, well, I'm, I'm better than he. I'm better than she. Let's just come to the realization this morning, as Paul said, when sin entered into the world by one man, death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. We'll never understand the wonderful grace of Jesus. You'll never sing it with joy and gladness until we understand how dirty, how terrible, how rotten our sin is. And that's why the law is given. That's why the preacher is supposed to preach the word of God. That's why we're supposed to teach the word of God so we understand what God says is sin and what God says is wrong. The heart is like a dark cellar that we fear going in because you imagine in your mind there are lizards and cockroaches and beetles and all kinds of biting insects down there. Why they would want to put the green beans down there where all that stuff is, I don't know. Then you take a light and you begin to shine and you see something move and you shine the light and you see something move and what you feared and what you thought in the darkness might be true is revealed by the light and that's what this book does right here the the, the bible shines in my light in my life to confirm that yes i am a sinner 
and I, my sin is rotten and my sin is terrible and as uh, I try to clean up my life, all I do is uh, stir the dust to the place and it chokes me and I can't get rid of all of that. You see, the, the law of God is like the law of gravity. Think of this illustration. We can no more save ourselves from the law of sin than we can fly. We're held down by gravity. I got on the scale this morning and the gravity law of gravity was working well. And uh, you, you ever dream you could fly? When I, when I was a boy, I dreamed I could fly. I, I wondered. I'd see airplanes go around. I wondered what it would be like to fly. And in my dreams, I, I, I'd just fly over the farm and look down. Anybody crazy like me? I'd, I'd, I'd play basketball games. I'd just fly over the defense and just dunk the basketball. I, I've, I've never dunked. I've, I've dunked chicken nuggets and I've dunked no, donuts and, and I've dunked a lot of things but not a basketball. But then I realized I was just dreaming. I can't fly. You cannot break the law of gravity. And sin is as real as the law of gravity. You, 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 you can't break that law. You can't just say... I, I'm going to become such a good person. I'm going to, and trying to get rid of your sin is like trying to get, a, rid, of, get rid of your weight to say, I'm just going to be invisible and just fly around. That's impossible. The weight of sin is like the weight of gravity. And that's what the Bible is saying here. As far, verse 19, for as by one man's uh, disobedience many were made sinners so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous and that is Christ he says it again and again and again verse after verse verse number 20 moreover the law entered that the offense might abound it didn't make us more of a sinner it just helped us to realize how terrible how rotten how guilty of a sinner we are the purpose of what I'm preaching this morning is to say, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Amen. Friend, the day that God extended his grace, his mercy was not to give me what I did deserve. It was his mercy that he didn't send me to a devil's hell. It was his mercy that judgment did not fall. It was his grace that he gave me what I did not deserve. And he says, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And I'm saying this morning, thank God for the wonderful and the marvelous grace of God. Take your Bibles and go, keep your Bibles in Mark, uh, uh, Romans chapter 5, Mark there, and turn uh, your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, there are times, it's very important we understand the doctrinal truths of the Word of God, to understand how God sees sin, to understand how God gives grace. He says in Ephesians 2 and verse number 4, uh, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with grace, with Christ for by, uh, by grace ye are saved. Look at verse number 8. 
For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. There is not one ounce of a reason for me to have pride this morning. I did nothing to merit my salvation. I did nothing to deserve my salvation. It was just because of the wonderful grace of Jesus that he extended his love to me to pay for my sin and to give me his righteousness that I could have eternal life we often make major mistakes about the relationship between law and the gospel or law and grace some preach the law instead of the gospel some preach the gospel instead of law some modify the law and the gospel and preach neither law nor gospel many think that the law is gospel and teach men by good works of benevolence or honesty or righteousness or sobriety that they can go to heaven Some teach that the gospel is a law, that it has certain commands in it, and by obedience to those commands, we earn salvation. Some believe that the law and the gospel are mixed, and that partly by observance of the law and partly by God's grace, we make it to heaven. Neither of these are true. The coming of the law is explained in the word, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Then the mission of the gospel is explained. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Grace does what the law cannot do. Here's the illustration I want you to see for all of the message. Think with me now. The law of gravity holds us down to the earth. But the law of aerodynamics allows us to be lifted up. Think about that. I think I've been on 52 or 3 flight segments this year. And you, and you get in that big airplane, sometimes there's 50, sometimes there are 400 people on an airplane. It's amazing. I mean, you, you wonder how in the world can this thing fly? And, 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 and it takes off down the runway and because of the way the wings are shaped and formed and because of the wind or the the wind of the laws of aerodynamics as it increases speed it takes off in the air and that's what grace does you see grace doesn't do away with the law as aerodynamics does not do away with the law of gravity But what grace does, it lifts me up on the wings of his love and I soar above, I'm lifted as the psalmist said. He brought me up out of the miry clay and he set my feet on a solid rock and he established my goings. You see, the Holy Spirit uses grace to add a new law to the way we function as followers of Christ. He lifts us up above, but he does not cancel the law of sin and death that wants to hold us down. And when you think about grace and you think about flying in an aircraft, its ability to lift us up and take us beyond what our experience is saying we have to live under, be controlled by. There are some folks who think, well, I can't change. I'm just stuck. I'll be this way all my life. No, no, no. The wonderful grace of God that lifted you out of the miry clay for salvation can take you through the trials and temptations and challenges and difficulties of life. But the grace of God 
we can go through or we can overcome whatever difficulty we're facing this morning. You see, he doesn't take away the problem. He lifts us up above the problem. He doesn't do away with the law of sin. He said, I want to show you how to fly. And it's not the law of aerodynamics. It's a law of grace that lifts me up. Take your Bibles and go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Those who recognize the depths of their sin rejoice to the height of God's grace. I can sing. I I, I think of this song. I've got it marked in my songbook. Wonderful grace of Jesus greater than all my sin. How shall my tongue describe it? Where shall its praise begin? Taking away my burden, setting my spirit free for the wonderful grace of Jesus reaches me. Wonderful grace of Jesus reaching to all the lost. By it I have been pardoned and saved to the uttermost. Chains have been torn asunder, giving me liberty for the wonderful grace of Jesus reaches me. There is no problem. There is no sin. There is no challenge. There is no circumstance that can defeat the child of God who will trust in the grace of God to be lifted above and carried through their trial. Notice 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Look at verse number 7. Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation it was given to me a thorn in the flesh and he describes that thorn in the flesh like this the messenger of Satan to buffet or to hit to molest, to hurt me lest I should be exalted above measure. For this, thing I be, uh, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. That's what we all do. We face a problem. We face a burden. We face a trial. Lord, please take this away. But I want you to notice what the Bible says, verse 9. nine and he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. It's all right to recognize I can never make it through this. It's all right to recognize I cannot carry this burden. But don't stop there in defeat. Call out to God as Paul did and say, Lord, please take this away or give me the grace to bear it. And that's exactly what happens here. He says, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Notice this. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in, not the answer, but in my infirmities. Why? that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Do you feel defeated about a challenge or something that's in your life that you can't seem to overcome? You know what you need? The same grace that lifted you out of sin for salvation is the same grace that can carry you through the trial that you're facing today. Jesus said, John 16, 33, in this world, you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer. How can I be of good cheer? Jesus said, I've overcome the world. 
I'm not going to do away with the world. I'm not going to take away the law of gravity. But I'm going to show you how to fly. I'm going to show you how to be lifted up by my grace above that. Grace is an overcoming empowerment that provides strength that comes to either help us to be delivered from, to make it through, or carry us above our in the story of Pilgrim's Progress, after they had swept and stirred the dust, the servant was called to sprinkle water, to sprinkle water on the dust of the floor. And then the dust was swept away and the floor was clean. We understand that, don't we? No, I was in my sin. And the more I understood about sin, the more my sin abounded. The more I understood the Bible, the worse condition I was. The more I understood uh, how much dirt and dust there was. And I began to sweep it away and it became a dust cloud. Thank God for the Holy Spirit who bringing me the word of God not only delivered the law of God but delivered the grace of God. And he said, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God not of works lest any man should boast. There is no hope of man in his sin outside the marvelous and miraculous grace of Jesus. You hear this morning and you're trying to say, well, the dust is not too bad. My sin is not too bad. And I know places that are dirtier. I know people that are worse. None of that matters. What matters is that you've come to faith in Christ for salvation. Stand with me if you will. And the grace that God saved us with is the grace that God will carry us with. And that's why Paul said, the just shall live by faith. Thank God for his grace. By the way, though I've been saved 50 years, there's still nothing to glory in of myself. There's still nothing to have pride in in and of myself because it was the grace that saved me. That keeps me. Thank God. 